share right screen. Record. Okay. Good evening, producer Susan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Georgie Joe. How are you? Good. We got our third blizzard of the season yesterday. Some areas got as much as a half an inch. So I, we got about an inch overnight. <laughs> all right. Do you all you all caught up and ready to go? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Um, let me tell you what we're going to cover today. Our quote of the day is going to come from uh, Winston Churchill, who tells us what the biggest problem is with capitalism. Um, we're gonna. I got a, a great review. Um, uh, occasionally, I get invited to call into some radio shows in Denver, and and last week I actually called into a show. They were talking about a topic that I know quite a bit about, and I called in, and the and the uh, the caller who followed me had some very complimentary things to say about uh, you know the content I provided. So I'm going to play that. Listener review, if you will. Uh, in our stupidest thing I've heard all week, uh, we have yet another report about how many alleged mass shootings the U.S. has experienced so far this year. And that's actually something you sent me. And I I hate to beat the dead horse, and we've talked about this before, but uh, it's just one of these absurd, report, absurd claims about how many mass shootings the U.S. has had so far this year. Uh, and in a, then in a related story, we have a 60-second clip from a man who's explaining why he opposes most of the newly proposed, what is referred to as common sense gun control laws. And people would say, well, you know, how could anybody be opposed to quote, common sense gun control laws? Well, that's a label you can hang on almost anything. Uh, but just because you label something as such doesn't make it true. In our, you won't hear this on TV segment, we have three stories. The first one is about New York City auctioning off more than $200 million in new and unused COVID supplies and equipment for less than one penny on the dollar. Uh, the second is about two illegal immigrants who shot and killed a bald, a bald eagle, and the federal government apparently has uh, no desire to prosecute them for doing that. And the third is, is a story about how Sweden has decided to start paying illegal aliens to leave their country and go home, and why that might be a really good policy for New York City to consider adopting. Um, We'll talk about uh, Russia's population and uh, and uh, why it's shrinking and why that shrinkage might be getting even worse. Um, we'll tell you if how to be a lot smarter if you have just 12 minutes per day to spare. Uh, would you be interested in being smarter if you could do do it with, by Absolutely. spending 12 minutes a day? Yep. We'll tell you about a chocolate bar company that's fighting back against pronoun woke pronoun wokeness. Tell you about a new protein-enriched ice cream that might not appeal to just everybody. And our taxpayer relief shot <clears throat> comes to us from Orlando, where four armed thugs attempt to rob a jewelry store owner who decides to fight back. Again, it's a four-on-one situation. Uh, you think we can fill 30 minutes? I'm sure that you will, somehow. I've got I five or six items I had to drop off the list today, just <laughs> to make it fit. If we, if we have any time left over, trust me, I've got five or six I really wanted to get in but couldn't. Anyway, here's Winston Churchill, the, the late Winston Churchill, on pointing out the biggest problem with capitalism. And here's the problem he, he points out. Here's the quote. The main complaint against capitalism is that it creates an uneven distribution of prosperity. He then adds, however, the main complaint against socialism is, that, is the even distribution of misery. Think about that. And where are all these illegal immigrants uh, coming across the border coming from? They're coming from Venezuela, Guadal uh, 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 Honduras, Guatemala, Mexico, all socialist countries, even Q Cuban immigrants. Cubans risk their life on homemade rafts to get to Florida. So 
again, one of the, the, the key features of uh, socialism is the even distribution of misery. All right. So you're ready to hear about what a, um, uh, a by the way, let me preface this with a, a little plug. There's a radio station in Denver called uh, uh, five, it's five, it's AM 560 KLZ. And in the afternoons, week, weekdays from three to six, they, they play a show, Rush to Reason. It's got a conservative tilt to it. Great host, uh, John Rush. I occasionally get invited by John to, to come in and, you know, he'll ask me to call in on a particular topic. And, and sometimes I'll just jump on if he's, if he's talked about something um, that I happen to have a lot of background on. And last week, the topic was the national debt and the interest on the national debt. So I called in and John and I did a 10 minute back and forth on what's likely to happen to uh, the interest on our national debt as, as uh, bond interest rates continue to rise. And here's what this um, listener um, said about my, my comments on the show. Let's see if I can get this to play. All right, we are back. Well, let, let me, let me start this over. Hang, hang on. All right, we are back, Bob. I got a few minutes here before our next break, so we're going a little bit long there, but go ahead. I'll give you plenty of time. What's up? Oh, okay. Well, I, you know, I was listening to Joe there be, before uh, I was going to bring on my subject matter. He's brilliant. Uh, I, is that Joe from New Jersey? It is. That's Jersey Joe, yes. Well, he, he, you know, other than, I don't ever hear him call on on drive radio, but the, uh, your show, uh, the one hour show before drive radio. Yeah, fix the radio. Uh, yes. Yeah. I hear him all the time. Oh, yeah. It's brilliant. You ought to put him on your payroll. <laughs> uh, don't tell him that. He'll want to check. He's just, uh, he is so perfect. He is. He's spot on, uh, and you know, has his own podcast now. Does a great job, and and I've known Joe now for I don't know how many years, and yeah, always great help. I appreciate him greatly. He's he's fabulous. So, what do you think, producer Sue? Does that uh, yeah, not... that great great compliments from a from major city listeners from a from a from a listener, and um, and I believe he follows the podcast, and uh, but yeah, that was unsolicited, uh, unsolicited. What do you call Bob that? Bob was uh, his name. Thank you, yep. listener Bob. Thank you, listener Bob. We uh, we appreciate the uh, the input. All right. Um, now, the stupidest thing I heard all week is what you sent um, is one of the things you sent me. But let me preface this by asking you a question, producer Sue. Have you ever swum in the ocean? I have swam in three of the four oceans. All right. And if you went down to Florida this weekend, or maybe the Bahamas, would you be afraid to go swimming? No. But wouldn't you be afraid of being bitten by a shark? No. Well, what if I told you that two people a day were being bitten by sharks? Would that make you afraid? Mm, probably not. The ocean's a big place. What if I told There's you ten? People, what right? if I told you ten people a day or a hundred people a day were being bitten by sharks? Would that make you afraid? Uh, at the beach I was swimming in, maybe. Well, and the reason I I, I do that analogy is that the groups that are opposed to guns in general. I realize we're a little gun gun centric in this podcast today's podcast um the the anti-gun lobby and the media are have just this cabal of trying to scare people about guns and and so the, the the thing you sent me that was on cbs sunday morning um they put up a graphic on the screen and it said so far this year and again we're only 62 days into the year it said that we've had 7303 people killed by guns and 94 
mass shootings. And I'm looking 62 days, 94. That's that's more than two. That's almost two a day. Did you, So did you hear about the four mass shootings this weekend? Uh, no, I did not. How about the 14 last week? No. All right. So so the question is, why did they do this? Why do they engage in this exaggerated hyperbole? Um, and, and the and the answer is the same reason if you wanted to scare people about swimming, they engage in this exaggerated hyperbole uh, to change voter sentiment that, yeah, yeah, we need more gun control. We need more gun control. And I'm going to play a clip about a guy who's opposed to what often gets tried to foist it on the public is common sense gun control. So let me dissect. Now, first of all, where do they get that? And I mentioned this before. There's this rabid anti-gun group called the Gun Violence Archive. And they have come up with their own non-standard definition of a mass shooting. Now, I've mentioned this before in the show, U.S. government definition of a mass shooting, which is very close to what the average American thinks of. It's when a guy goes out in public and just randomly starts to shoot people and, and kills four more people. In fact, like that the one at Michigan State. Michigan State yeah. guy just shows up with a gun in a public place and just starts sh shooting people at random, killing four more. That is the def the federal definition, and what I think is very close to what the average American thinks thinks of when they hear the term mass shooting. Now, on a Saturday night of Chicago, if two groups of opposing gangs start trading pot shots at each other, and when the smoke clears, nobody's dead, but four of them wind up in the ER being treated for minor gunshot wounds. Would you consider that to be a mass shooting? No. But that's what the gun violent archive counts. Anytime um, four more people are hit by gunfire, regardless of how many shooters, whether they knew each other, they classify that as, quote, a mass shooting. So I actually downloaded, you can actually download into an Excel spreadsheet their database. So I did that. And they said 94 mass shootings. And here's what I found. In 38 of the 94, nobody died. In another 28, there was only one fatality. Well, guess what? 28 and 38, the last time I looked, is 50, is uh, 66, right? Mm -hmm. Is 66 more than half of 94? No. Yes, 66 is more. Well, than yeah, half. I'm sorry. Yeah, more than half. Yeah, it's more than more half. More than half, right. So, first of all, in more than half the incidents, there were zero or one fatality. Now, out of that entire list of, quote, 94 mass shootings, how many, uh, and I'm going to tell you the answer. So I looked and said, okay, out of those 90, how many met the definition where there was a single shooter killing four more victims at random in a public place? You know how many I came up with? Mm, I'll say 10. Three. Oh, and, wow. And here, here are the three. Remember the Monterey Bay, uh, California, Asian dance hall shootings? Yes. That was one. The Half Moon Bay, California, where the disgruntled mushroom farm worker went back to the mushroom farm and started shooting his co-workers. And you can even argue, since the victims were not, it was not in at random in a public place. But let's say, okay, he showed up and he began shooting his co-workers. So that was two. And then you mentioned the third, Michigan State. That's it. Not 94, three. Now, there were seven other incidents where four more people were killed, but they all took place inside of a home where a family member shot and killed other family members. So, yes, four more people died, but it wasn't in a public place. They took place inside a private home. And it wasn't random. And it wasn't random. The victims were known, known to, the, uh, to the shooter. So, again, uh, it's hyperbole. Um, 
it's hyperbole. It's meant to to stir up anti-gun sentiment. And let's talk for one minute about the 7,303, quote, um, killed by gunfire. Now, you assume that means they were shot and killed. They were murdered, right? They were homicides. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> more than 4,000 of that 703 were gun suicides. Now, let me ask you a question. If somebody hangs themselves, are they a victim of, of rope violence? No. If they kill themselves by taking a drug overdose, are they a victim of pill violence? No. How about if they cut their wrist with a razor blade? Are they a victim of razor blade violence? No. Then, therefore, if you kill yourself with a gun, are you a victim of gun violence? No. Because violence is something done by one person to another. But they don't. But they don't tell you that more than half of that seven seventy three oh three were suicides, which is Death lethal. Suicide. Right. Oh, you know what else they threw in there? Justifiable homicides, where either a police officer or one of our taxpayer relief shot citizens legally shoots someone who is a threat to themselves or others. They included justifiable homicides. So only about one third of that total figure were actually uh, gun homicides, gun homicide murder. By the way, when a cop justifiably shoots somebody, that is still a homicide, but it's justifiable. So mm -hmm. only about one third of that 7303 were actually um, uh, un unwarranted homicides. So again, exaggerated hyperbole. So let me go and tell you, so all of that is, again, to, to gin up support for uh, more gun controls. And I, I won't even tell you how many existing, but here's a guy who is opposed to most common sense gun controls. And here's what he says. The session I've been asked, Nick, why don't you support, quote, common sense gun control laws? Well, let me go ahead and explain this as respectfully as I can. It's not that I don't understand that some people have been touched by violence and specifically gun violence in a very, very personal way. And they want to see some justice from that. I completely understand and sympathize. What I don't understand is why anybody thinks it is common sense to take guns away from people that committed no crime in the hopes that it will dissuade people who have already made up their minds that they're going to commit a crime. Now, I get it. Your hope is that if you make it harder to get a firearm, then bad people won't get access to the firearms. And I understand that's your hope. But let me tell you what I can guarantee will happen. If you make it harder for law-abiding citizens to get firearms, they will absolutely find it harder to get firearms because they obey the law in the first place. And I am very skeptical of any sort of, quote, solution or, quote, common sense policy, which seeks to diminish the freedoms of people that are doing nothing wrong instead of punishing people that are doing something wrong. So, Producer Sue, any thoughts on uh, on his comments? Yeah, the... The majority of the people, and you you referenced the gangs of Chicago, for example, I think Illinois has some of the toughest gun laws in the country, and they have the largest gun, one of the largest gun problems in America. They're in because the people who obey gun laws are not the problem. It's the Ill it's the people who are breaking the law. Right. And those 16, 17-year-old, 18 kids, they cannot legally buy or possess a gun, but they all have them. And I know we've talked about, I think last week or the week before, we talked about the ATF report. They said in the past four years, there's been over a million reported gun thefts in this country, you know, 200, roughly 250,000 a year. And again, three homes a minute are broken into in this country. And one out of three homes of those homes that are broken into will have a gun. So there is a, a huge supply. I think the estimated inventory of, of stolen guns available on the street is, is around 10 million units. And again, the people stealing these guns 
a great many of them are not going after the guns. They're drug addicts. They're breaking into homes to buy stuff to sell for, for drug money. So they'll break into a home. Oh, great. We found a gun and they'll sell that gun for 50 or 100 bucks. It might be a $600 gun, but they're, they're stealing that gun uh, to get some quick cash to buy the next fix. So they're a little, if, by the way, if you can't go to any major city and uh, buy an illegal gun in 30 minutes, you're not really, you're not working. You're really not looking hard enough. Uh, and with I, the, with the exception of the, the gang violence, the, if you look at all of these mass shootings or even those that are not qualified as mass shootings, the suicides, the, the, the family uh, murders, mm -hmm. we don't have a gun problem. We have a mental health problem in this country. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's, it's really mental health. You know, we have, yes, we have evil and crazy people. Um, we have a gang problem, but, you know, but all the rest, you know, and suicide is clearly a mental, mental health. It's a mental problem. health issue. Right. In fact, two thirds of all gun deaths in this country are suicides. Two thirds, two thirds. You'll hear this statistic. 40,000 people died from gunshot wounds last year. And what they don't tell you is, is 25,000 of that, of that 40,000 were suicides. It's a mental health issue. And by the way, the other interesting statistic, it's a sad statistic, but it turns out that um, that the, whether or not there are guns available or not, it, if there's guns available, yes, the gun will be the preferred method. But guess what? When there's no guns available, the suicide rate stays the same. A good example is Texas. Texas has a home ownership gun rate um, almost 40% greater than that of Colorado. Yet Colorado uh, has a... Now, Texas has a higher suicide suicide by gun rate than Colorado, but Colorado has a higher total suicide rate. So guns are less available in Colorado, but yet they have more suicides. So the only thing that changes is the method, whether or not there's a gun available doesn't increase the amount of suicide. It's only becomes the preferred method. So uh, that's my rant. I realize I apologize for making this podcast a little gun centric, but there's just so much uh now we need all the energy that we put into gun laws we need to put into mental health right and in and, and mental health and also enforcement remember the guy that shot the michigan students was arrested for an illegal gun in 2019 that mm -hmm. was a felony he and, shouldn't have been allowed to have that gun right and he had even prosecuted for that felony of having illegal possession of a gun he wouldn't have been out on the street, nor would he have been able to legally purchase the two guns he used to kill those students. So we've got tons and tons of gun laws. But if, if prosecutors keep um, uh, keep plea bargaining down felonies to misdemeanors, you're going to have the guys like the Michigan State shooter going out, be able to legally buy a gun. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't want to beat the dead horse because we'll probably wind up talking about this topic again. Shall we move on to some um Stories you didn't hear on TV. I don't think you heard on TV. Sure. I got three of them. Um, now, I don't know if you heard, but for instance, in Colorado, they converted, they spent millions of dollars to convert the Colorado Convention Center into an emergency field hospital for COVID mm -hmm. patients. You, yeah. know how many, you know how many COVID patients they actually treated in the Colorado Convention Center? I don't believe they treated any there. That's correct. Zero. And you know what the Jacob Javits Center in New York City is, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Same deal, millions and millions of dollars to convert the Javits Center into an emergency field hospital, no patients ever treated. 
I believe they only used it for uh, vaccine distribution. Yeah, it became a vaccine, but they had beds, they had oxygen, they had, mm -hmm. they ran electricity so they could run, you know, uh, uh, ventilators, no patients ever treated. So just to put the icing on the cake, New York City purchased nine and a half million items, COVID, everything from ventilators, respirators, defibrillators, and they spent $224 million on, on COVID-related contracts at, at the peak of the pandemic in, in 2020, and they've auctioned them off. You know how much they got for that $224 million? If, Less than half, I'm going to say. How about three-tenths of one cent? They got oh. $500,000. They lost 99.7%. They only recovered 0.3% of that equipment that no one used. That's your tax dollars at work. Can you imagine selling $224 million worth of equipment for $500,000? Mm. Again, that is three tenths of one penny is what they recovered on those supplies. Now, here's another story I'm sure you didn't hear on TV. Um, now, you know, it's a felony. You know, you know what our national bird is? That's the bald eagle. Bald eagle. And you know, if you shoot it, if you kill, if you intentionally kill a bald eagle, it's a federal crime, right? Yes, it is. Well, in Nebraska, a local sheriff um, arrested two illegal aliens from Honduras for killing a bald eagle. And when he said, why did you do it? They told him they intended to, to uh, cook it and eat it. <laughs> so, and by the way, in addition, so in addition to killing a bald eagle, federal felony, um, they're also illegally in possession of a firearm, because if you're an illegal alien, you can't be in possession of a firearm. And they're also driving a vehicle without a license. So he was able to you know, arrest them for the illegal possession of a gun and driving a vehicle without a license. But since killing a bald eagle is a federal felony, so he, he had them locked up in his jail and he called the uh, US Fish and Wildlife Service office nearby and said, hey, I've got two guys here that just killed a bald eagle um kept left messages with secretary left voicemails nobody ever got back to him so apparently the u.s fish and wildlife service has no interest in prosecuting illegal aliens for the killing of a bald eagle now that may have changed but this this story was published um he said this story was three days old and he had confirmed after three days nobody from the u.s fish and wildlife service had gotten back to him expressing any interest in prosecuting those two illegal aliens for their crime so did you hear about that one on TV? I did not hear about that. Oh, uh, are, are you surprised? I, I'm, I, I, I'm probably, you know, I'm not surprised. All right. All right. And the third one, I'm going to tie Sweden into New York City. So it turns out that Sweden, which also has a, a migrant problem, you know, they got people coming from Syria and every place else. They got people from North Africa, Somalia. So Sweden has come up with an interesting program because Sweden has been housing and providing medical care and food and clothing. Sweden says, hey, we'll pay you to go back home. And they're paying them about, about $3,700. And a lot of them say, no, $3,700. Yeah, that's a year's salary where I come from. And they're taking the money and leaving. Now, uh, what do you think? You think that might be a good policy for New York City to adopt? I'd say it would be worth a try for them to do it at this point. Well, here's some stats that, that that came out just this week. You know what's costing New York City per day per per illegal alien to house them, feed them, clothe them, and provide them medical care? You know what the it's costing them per day? 
I'm going to say $100 a person per day. Try $364 per day per illegal alien, which, by the way, comes to, and this is this is data published by the city of New York. You want to know what that comes to per day in, in terms of how much total at 364, what that comes to in total per day? I, I forgot how many millions of uh, immigrants the New York City is hosting right now. Well, it comes out to $4.6 million per day. Jeez. So, so, but let's go back to that 364 figure. So in 30 days, they're spending $11,000 per illegal alien every 30 days at $364 a day. So it would be worth them to offer $3,700 up. Well, forget 30. I, if I was the mayor of New York, I would offer them 20 grand. And by the way, if you're from Guatemala or Honduras, if you know for 20 grand, you could buy, you know, you could buy a really nice house and you could, you know, you could live like a king for so trust me, I think if you were from Guatemala and somebody said, Hey, if we give you twenty thousand dollars, would you go home? How many people from Guatemala, Honduras would jump at that? It's one way to find out, New York. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, can't hurt to try. And again, that's just that's that would be two months. Twenty thousand dollars per person would be just two months. So I think it, if I was the mayor of New York, I think I'd give it a try. I, I would start maybe with ten. I'd see him in ten thousand. See how many people would jump at ten thousand, then go to fifteen. Then just like when you get when you're looking for passengers on an overbooked airline, right? They keep mm -hmm. upping it till they get a volunteer. Yeah, I would just start offering. I'd start at ten grand and go up from there and and see at what point people say, "Yeah, I'll take that and go back home." Again, mm -hmm. if you're from Guatemala and you've been living on four thousand dollars a year in Guatemala and somebody offered you five years worth of income to mm -hmm. go home I understand you were living in a hut with no running water and that's one of the reasons you came here but if somebody said here's here's 20 grand you know you can go home and you know get a house with electricity and running water you might do it all right so you want to learn how to be smarter in 12 minutes a day sure you got 12 minutes a day you could spare on I, average? I could probably find some time all right well, here's what I discovered. You know, I've watched over the years, you know, I've watched Jeopardy occasionally, but, you know, it's it's kind of moving slow. They spend a lot of time on, you know, introductions and where you're from and what's your, you know, you know, what's your job, et cetera, et cetera. And the other day I was watching Jeopardy and I, you know, I, as usual, I learned some things. I said, you know, why don't I take, why don't I set my DVR just to take Jeopardy? And that way I can skip all of the commercials and the intros and, you know, where you're from stuff. Mm -hmm. And and I watched the first episode. You know how long it took me to watch Jeopardy without the commercial and the introductions? Well, a 30-minute show is 22 minutes of actual time. Right. And then you take out the introductions and the and the recaps and all this. I watched the entire, all the questions, all the answers, I should say, all the answers and all the questions in 12 minutes. And I've been doing this for about two weeks now. And I I can guarantee you that there is not a single show where I haven't learned at least three things. So if you want to be smarter, take Jeopardy. Now, there's stuff that I didn't know that I don't care to know. Like, for instance, you know, some 18th century poet married so-and-so. I really don't care. Uh, I didn't, I'm not going to remember it. So on average, I I, I, I could answer 65, 70% of the questions. And of the other 30%, probably half of the other 30%, I have no interest in remembering, you know, about which female, which female poet married which composer. I really don't care. But there's always, you know, two, three, four things that are very interesting and, and I, I learned something. So, you know, somebody's going to call in and say that you need to be more cultured. <laughs> well, if you want to be smarter, uh, set your DVR to automatically record Jeopardy 
and just speed through it. And in 12 minutes a day, I guarantee you'll learn something every day. All right, let's talk about Russia. Any guess as to what the population of Russia is? Uh, I want to say half of, of American, which is 330, so 150 million. Very, very close. Uh, it's it's now, by the way, it used to be 149 million. It's oh, now, wow. I'm good. It's now, it's now down to, but however, it has actually been shrinking for the past couple of years, 140. And over the past 12 months, here's what's happening. That's So it's been slowly contracting, but here's why that contraction is going to get a lot worse. Um, over the past year, 100,000 young men have either been killed or seriously wounded in the mm -hmm. Ukraine. But in addition to that hundred thousand, you want you want to, you've heard that uh, how many young men have been fleeing Ukraine, uh, fleeing Russia to avoid the draft? Yeah, yeah, I don't know the number, but yeah, I, I... eight hundred thousand. Wow. So between those killed and wounded and those fleeing, um, Russia has lost um, almost a million men in their prime, and I say in their prime. Uh, it may not seem like a lot, but, you know, when you're talking about the guys in their 60s and 70s who are not likely to be fathering children anytime soon, they're they're not the ones that are leaving. These are the guys in their 18, 19, 20-year-old, 30-year-old. Mm -hmm. These are the ones that are leaving. So you can look for Russia's population, the acceleration in the rate at which their population is likely going to accelerate based upon all the young men either getting killed or fleeing the country. And those that are fleeing, where are they going? Uh, they're going to uh, uh, Belarus, uh, uh, Latvia, you know, the Poland, you know, just any of the border. What they've been going by car or train, so mm -hmm. they've been going close. Now, um, Hershey chocolate. Have you seen the new woke? I uh, have. <laughs> so, for those who are not familiar, so Hershey and Hershey, Pennsylvania, they've come out with a new woke pronoun bar it's called the her h-e-r hyphen she her she the her she it's the new woke well there's another they have a competitor called jeremy's chocolate so jeremy decided to come up with his own chocolate bar and let me play you what this guy jeremy he's come out with his own uh answer to their to their uh hershey's hershey bar here we go international women's day is upon us again and I love an international woman. But our friends over at Hershey's, they don't even know what a woman is. They've hired a biological male to be the spokesperson for their Women's Day campaign. And they're calling that campaign, and I swear I'm not making this up, her, she, her, she. It's humiliating. And it's the reason that I'm launching Jeremy's Chocolate. We have two kinds, she, her, and he, him. One of them's got nuts. If you need me to tell you which one it is, keep giving your money to Hershey's. <laughs> so which one do you think has the nuts, Susan? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good marketing campaign. And this is real. This is yeah. a real, it's Jeremy's Chocolate. And you just Google the ad. Uh, you, I think you can find it on YouTube. Talk about a great, he, so he's got the she, her, and the, her, and the he, him. One of them have nuts. You figure it out. <laughs> All right. We got time for a taxpayer relief shot today? Uh, yeah, you have just about five minutes. Good. Well, then I'll speed through it. Uh, taxpayer relief shots, for those not familiar, um, when a good guy or a good woman with a gun uh, shoots and kills a bad guy with a gun, uh, it saves the taxpayers the cost of a jury trial and and uh, and uh, 
$75,000, a year to keep the thug in jail. And here's how the sheriff of Santa Rosa County, Florida feels about it. There we go. Somebody's breaking in your house. You're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. Hopefully, you'll save taxpayers money. And uh, producers, as you know, we also have Sheriff Grady Judge down there is a lot more um, mm -hmm. loquacious and elegant, but we don't think we have time for that. So let me play you this one. So if you owned a jewelry store in Florida and four guys aren't, you know, came you know, with hoods over with uh, black masks and gloves. By the way, if you see four guys in full body suits and wearing a ski mask and gloves in, in, in Orlando this time of year, do you think something might be strange? Oh, yeah. All right. And four on one, uh, you need to be able to defend yourself. So here's what happened to this jewelry store owner in a Florida mall. Washington investigators are close to clearing the scene of a shooting at the Magic Mall. Orlando police say a shop owner shot two people after they tried to rob him. The Magic Mall is here in the area on the map. Take a look. It's on West Colonial Drive near Janyang Parkway across from the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Channel 9 Shannon Butler reports two suspects are still on the run tonight. Here at the Magic Mall, there were two crimes. By the way, two on the run. So your, your two buddies get killed. Do you stick around to help them? <laughs> oh, they're out of there. They're out of there. <laughs> we continue. Crime scenes and two people dead. This all happening while shoppers were inside. Today, those shop owners told us that this is their livelihood and they'll do whatever it takes to protect it. Ms. V was in her t-shirt shop when she heard gunfire at the shop next door. As they was running and tearing up and everything trying to get out of here because you, you had to get down on the ground. When you hear gunshot, you gonna stay in there? No, I'm not. These pictures were given to us by an owner. They show the jewelry store Orlando police officers say was robbed by four people. At least one of them was armed, but the shop owner was armed too, shooting at least two of them. Did you see the guys? No, they was, by that time they was, they was out. We just saw the one on the floor in the um, vendor's booth. But yeah, it's uh, normally we be good, but we have to take care of ourselves. We have to. One died inside the mall. The suspects fled the scene in this car. Another suspect found shot inside and died at the hospital. The other two are now on the run. There's a lot of concealed licensed carriers here. So if you come to the Magic Mall and you want to commit a crime, it's a really good chance you might get shot. This is our livelihood. And you just don't come in and take somebody's snatch from somebody's livelihood. Now, pictures shown to us from inside the mall that are too graphic for our viewers shows that the suspect was dressed in all black. They had a backpack and gloves on. Investigators are wiping for prints right now and, again, are still looking for other suspects. In Orlando, Shannon Butler, Channel 9, Eyewitness News. So we had one dead on the floor and one uh, one died at the hospital. So we have a DOA and what how what do we call the other guy who was dead on the floor? Dead right there. DRT. So one DOA, one DRT. All right. Uh, Producer Susan, anything else you want to add before we sign off? No. Did you hear about any other interesting things happening down in the Hershey Harrisburg area? Uh, you mean that doesn't have to do with dogs or? No, no. The uh, interesting food items coming out of the Harrisburg. Oh, oh area. I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, I meant, you know, I skipped right over. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who are health conscious and uh, would like a little more protein with your ice cream, there's a new uh, protein enriched ice cream that you can buy it in Harrisburg and other places. And it's cricket, cricket flavored ice cream. And if you think I'm kidding, you just Google 
cricket flavored ice cream. You can buy it, you know, in many, many places and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania is one of them. But um, if you're looking for a little protein or a little more crunch, if you know, if chocolate chips are not crunchy enough for you in ice cream, uh, they've got chunks of cricket in the ice cream. So great source of protein. I believe the, it's a, a company called urban churn out of Harrisburg. Right. So cricket flavored ice cream for those who are looking for a little more protein. <laughs> would, you, would you eat it producer uh, Jersey Joe? Would you try it? Um, you know, if I, if you, if you, if you offered me 500 bucks, I would, but uh, no, not, not for that. I'm, I'm adventurous. I'm, I'd try a spoonful just to see what it tasted like. Maybe not a whole bowl, but no, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, hey, I've had chocolate covered crickets. It can't be much different, right? <laughs> well, why don't you buy it? Next time you're in the near Hershey, why don't you go or Harrisburg? Uh, why don't you buy a gallon? Let me know or buy a pint. How's that? <laughs> I, I, maybe just a cup. <laughs> a cup. All right. Anyway, I want to thank all of you listening to the podcast for giving up 30 minutes out of your busy day to listen to me ramble on about things that I find of interest and importance. <clears throat> I hope you found those topics as interesting and important as I did. And if so, I hope you continue to listen to the podcast in the weeks and months to come. If you want to see some of the materials and story links you heard me talk about today, you can find them on the Jersey Joe website at Jersey, J-E-R, as in Robert, Z as in Zebra, E-E, jerseyjoe.com. Um, if you want to email me with a comment, question, or suggested show topic, you can do that just by sending a, a, me an email to just joe at jerseyjoe.com. Just remember to spell jersey with an R and a Z. And uh, producer Susan, in a day or two, will have uh, this podcast up on uh, the audio version, and some of the show materials will be listed on the website as well. With that, I'll say good night. And uh, producer Sue, anything else you want to add before we say nope. good night? Go try some uh, cricket ice cream, and I'll see you next week. All right, I will. Thanks for the reminder. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> Bye.